You're listening to Real Estate with Kevin Turner on News Talk 4BC. It's just gone 21 past nine. We've got more news at 10 o'clock this morning. Um, some Queensland suburbs are showing really good double-digit rental yields right now. And some on the um, some of the star performers have emerged uh, out of the regions, which probably isn't much of a surprise. We've spoken about how how valuable the regions are in terms of growth, and we're seeing a lot of that happen, um, particularly close to the Brisbane CBD. Eddie Deleen has amassed a property portfolio of 25. He's aged 28. And that's why I want to talk to him. He says buying properties right now is a bit of a no-brainer. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Morning, Kevin. Going very well, thanks. No-brainer. Hey, I believe you got married last year too. Congratulations. I did, mate. Thanks so much. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, just reading up a little bit of your history. and Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's wonderful. Um, I, I want to talk about where you buy and why and how, but firstly, tell me a little bit about um, your mindset, if we can just dig into that. I mean, for a, a young guy like you, 28, to have been able to do this, was that something that you learnt from your parents? I, I'm always interested to hear about the conversations around the dinner table, um, you know, whether this was ingrained in you from a very young age? Uh, yeah, so basically um, it was completely the opposite. Um, I oh, started off, okay. my mum and dad basically, um, they owned one property and this was out in Western Sydney, so it was very, very humble beginnings. But they pretty, long story short, they split up, they sold the house, none of them, uh, both of them never owned a property again after that. So after that, basically, I grew up with a single mum extremely like pretty much poor circumstances um she was on a pension that was her only source of income uh, pretty pretty much throughout growing up so we live in housing commission and like for me obviously that was a lot of you know tension friction of you know being able to put hardly being able to put food on the table and all that kind of stuff growing up with a single mom on a pension so um yeah basically in that growing up in that kind of atmosphere i realized look we never had a we own, didn't own our own home. We're in housing commission. We're in a pretty rough neighbourhood and all that. This was when I was obviously like 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And I was I just looked at the future and I was like, I, I don't want this to be the case. Like, And I realised that over time, people that you know do create wealth and get in a better position financially, uh, they usually own property. So that's where the, the love for property began. And how did that learning process take place? I mean, who did you talk to? What sort of books did you read to pick up on this? Because it doesn't happen easily. Definitely. So um, I, I read the, the normal kind of property investment books, like everyone's heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I, I first got started um, when I was like, really getting interested when I was like 16, 17, because I always wanted, I was very competitive when I was younger, like I played basketball and different sports, but I always, always was very competitive. And I, I always wanted to be come first at, you know, uh, different sports and that. But then I realized that everyone I spoke to when I was like 17, 18, and they were 40 years old. They were like, I wish I bought a property when I was 18. I wish I bought a property when I was your age. So I was like, if everyone's saying the same thing, they, they should, they, surely they've got to be right um, in that aspect. And it makes sense. So that's when I started researching, reading those kind of uh, property investment books. And I got my first job at McDonald's um, between the ages like 16 to 18. I stayed for two years, um, saved up about 20K. And that was enough to get a, you know, start off with my very 
first small property. $20,000 to someone who has a high value in money because you never really had any, I guess, uh, would be a very risky thing for you to go and spend on a property. How much research did you put into that first property and, and how difficult was it for you to make that decision? It was very scary. Um, yeah. There was um, like, it was pretty much at that age, like at 18, everyone's got different um, behaviours and that kind of stuff. But it was either I wanted I wanted a Mustang, an old school Mustang. I was like either buy a fancy <laughs> car for 20K or buy, yeah. which is a very fancy. Control yourself. Respect. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or buy a deposit. And everyone, most people that were older that I spoke to randomly that were, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, they're like buy a house and buy a car. And so I went down that route. And for me, it didn't seem very risky at all. Like I did put a lot of research into it. I probably researched for in between of the ages like, you know, 16 to 18 for two years, looking at different suburbs, looking at what they were doing, looking at what I could afford because my borrowing capacity was, was bugger all at the time. It was like 140000 roughly mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. And I could, you know, a lot of people want a house, but the biggest thing, the, the greatest thing I, I think that I did was just start off small. I started off with a two-bedroom unit that was about uh, on the central coast uh, of uh, New South Wales, so about an hour and a half out of Sydney, but a still good, you know, good quality area where there's shops, schools, you know, infrastructure and all that. And the property's, you know, it's doubled, if it's almost tripled in value over the last 10, 11 years. You've not sold anything out of your portfolio? You're keeping them all? Yes, so I haven't sold anything whatsoever. Um, not to say I might not in the future, but at the moment, like I'm, I'm 20, I just turned 29. So like I'm still in that kind of phase where I don't believe it's best to sell. I think I'll be kicking myself when I'm 45 years old if I sold half of now. While... I could obviously pay, like, sell half, pay a bunch outright, and own a, you know, fancy properties outright with no loans on them, etc. But I'll, I know I'll be in the long term, uh, looking at a long term. I think I'll end up regretting that decision if I do it. So I'm just holding it for now. Yeah, okay, you, you've got a, a great portfolio of properties. Um, what would you estimate your loan to value ratio is right now? How vulnerable are you? I'd say it's probably roughly sixty percent, sixty percent LVR, roughly. Um, depending on the valuations and what comes, what properties I'm buying. Like, I always try to buy um, properties that fit the three main key criteria. There's a thousand different things to look at, a million things to look at when you're buying a property, but I always want to buy not only with a high yield, but, of course, an area that uh, – a property that can experience capital growth over the next 7 to 10 to 15 years. So, like, I've bought within, you know, the, the Brisbane market, the Sydney market, the Adelaide market, the Gold Coast market. I haven't bought out in the middle of nowhere like if you know, mining towns, regional towns, all that kind of stuff. So all the properties are pretty much bought. They're in, you know, metro areas where half an hour you're in the city, 20 minutes you're in the city, etc. Um, so they've got to have growth, but also buying under market value is extremely important. I believe in buying, making money on the way in, not waiting and hoping it goes up. Yeah, it's very, very insightful. Uh, to buy below market, in some cases you're talking about off-market properties. Has that been... A big driver for you? Have you done a few of those sorts of deals? Properties yes. that aren't necessarily listed for sale, but the agent may be aware that it could be available. Absolutely. So I've bought many, many properties off market before they get technically listed on real estate and domain. Um, yeah, it's a massive thing, and that those kind of relationships I've built up over the last decade. I've kind of been, you know, finding properties, securing properties, negotiating, like speaking to hundreds and going to you know thousands of open homes and 
all that kind of stuff. The more properties you buy, the more kind yeah. of confidence you get so, out so of it. So your relationship, you're building relationships with agents to get these properties. Are you doing anything directly with sellers, you know, identifying areas and finding properties and then maybe approaching them to see if, if they want to sell? Um, I don't approach sellers directly by any means. Like it's generally all through the agent, like real right. estate agents, yep. bank administrators. I let those do, you know, they do the sifting and all that kind of stuff. And like there, there's so many different ones that they could, you know, in different circumstances, like out of 100 properties, you might have a, a couple properties that the sellers have a time constraint and they just need to get rid of it. Maybe it's, a, you know, no emotion. Maybe they're consolidating or maybe they're whatever the case may be, but they've got a time constraint to sell it within the next 40 days. Therefore, they'll always compromise on the price. They'll always drop the price, yep. et cetera. Have, you, have yeah. you found any properties, say, in the last week or two, or are you negotiating on any at present? Um, I bought one at auction, basically, um, on Saturday. That was a property in the Brisbane market, basically. Uh, yeah, I bought that one. What, what I what I do a lot of the times is, of course, run like RP data reports, um, CMAs, and even bank valuations. So if you deal with the right broker, and that's where like building a property portfolio for me, it's really important to build the right team of people around you. Absolutely. Someone, someone that has that kind of experience. There's a lot of people I've spoken to in the past. They're, they've got all the great titles and all the credentials, but... Mm. They own like one property, so like I would rather listen yes, to someone right. and, and take advice of someone that actually has ten, twelve, yep. or whatever. So that makes more sense to me. But I always I bought one on Saturday, and that was for three hundred nine thousand, three hundred nine, so relatively affordable. Um, the Where, whereabouts was that? You said in Brisbane. Yeah, so that was, well, that was technically out of Brisbane, so it was around like the the Marsden kind of Logan kind of area. That Logan one, area. Um, yep. yeah. So I've diversified a little. I've bought properties as close as in the Brisbane as like you know. 7Ks, but then I've also bought ones a little bit further out. There's no right or wrong to me as long as they tick those three criteria, and I believe in diversifying. So I wouldn't buy all inner rings because then sometimes you uh, sacrifice on the yield and many different things. So I've, I've bought many different areas, yeah. If you're buying a property at auction, do you get your feet on the ground and actually attend the auction or do you use a buyer's agent to help you? Uh, so I'm a buyer's agent myself, basically. So <laughs> I do all that kind of thing. Um, basically, I, that one I bid on over on Saturday. I did it over the phone. Yep. I, I've got uh, I've got a basically property manager and all that kind of stuff that expects all the properties over the phone. Um, they're like there in person, then I pretty much bid on that one over the phone. But beforehand, it's just I did the research on it. So I run all the RP data reports. Got a um, you know different bank vows to value it, and that came in at like three hundred and seventy, almost three hundred eighty thousand. So the difference was twenty two twenty two percent. Basically, yeah. so it's massive. Yeah, you, so you said you bought one last Saturday, which sort of leads into my, or actually jumps ahead of my next question. I was going to ask you whether you've increased your rate of purchasing since COVID. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Like, since since COVID, I probably, like, I was always going to buy a lot this year regardless, just because of, um, you know, I've got the ability to do so based on the, you know, the equity that I've built up over the past decade. And um, when COVID started, the interest rates got lower and all the rest of it. So within reason, but... Yeah, I've definitely increased it. I've probably bought seven or eight properties now, if you include the the last one. The one I bought on Saturday was a house and a granny flat. It was basically two income streams in one. Um, yeah. You've got uh, 25, I assume, 25 tenants in the 25 properties, maybe more. Are you concerned that any of them um, could be suffering during COVID? Has that impacted your income at all? Not concerned whatsoever, basically, in terms of the whole COVID thing. Well, if, in terms of me, myself receiving, like, rent and all that kind of stuff, like, I've always, with the three main key strategies that I've always followed, like, the, the my portfolio is pretty much massively positive geared. So, like, some properties I bought at the beginning were a little bit negative, and then over time they became positive. But even if 
five tenants moved out right now, it would, the other ones would still supplement that kind of income. So it's, and I put procedures and everything in place. The properties that I buy, a lot of a lot of them are very. I've got properties that are in Sydney that are you know expensive and that kind of stuff. But a lot of the bulk of my portfolio very affordable. So like, you know, we're talking about rents of like three hundred and fifty dollars a week, three hundred dollars a week, four hundred dollars a week. We're not talking about properties that are rent out for fifteen hundred dollars a week. So if someone, you know, it's very easy to get those kind of properties rented. And for me, it's a little bit less volatile because you've got more affordable properties that people can easily afford to rent. Like even if someone was on. JobKeeper or whatever it is, like you could afford two hundred eight dollars a week rent, three hundred dollars a week rent. So, would you yeah. look for properties that you can add a bit of a twist to, maybe open up another bedroom or make some kind of improvement that's going to increase your your uh, rental income? And and if so, how many of those w- would you tackle fairly quickly? Is that part of your buying strategy? Um, not necessarily. Like a lot of people do get do go down that route where they really want to, you know, look for ways that they can do cosmetic renovations. And I, I've kind of tried that strategy before myself in the past. The first three, four properties that I bought, I was like, let's do a renovation. I'll get a little bit more rent. I'll do this. I'll do that. Looking back on it now, I, I wouldn't personally do it again. I would basically, because I'd rather just personally buy under market value or buy a really good deal that's, you know, below where I'm making 30, 40, 50, 60,000 on the way into it, rather than try to go back and spend 10 grand to then get the equity increased or then to increase the rent right away. To me, I'd rather put that capital of, let's say we spend 10K, 10K on a renovation or 15000 or 20000 on a renovation, I'd rather put in another property, especially if the person, depending on the person's age, how long they've got to invest and what their appetite is, but I'd rather put more, more capital into more, into more properties in the beginning and grow that portfolio to, you know, three, four, five properties rather than just getting stuck at two because most people get stuck at two or three reality. That's right. Our, our research has shown that very many people... Uh, get stuck at one, maybe they'll get to two. They may just get to three, but very few people will go past that. What mm. What was the hardest one for you? Did you strike a block at any point, either going into the second one or the third one? Was there a point where you said, Do, you know, you, you become cautious, which is what happens to a lot of people? Uh, certainly hit a lot of blocks. <laughs> Basically, I, like the first one was hard. That was very hard getting into. Like I got told no by the bank like eight times because I was working at you know Macca's at the time, <laughs> very low income. Um, at, prop- at property number six, I got stuck. At property number three, I got stuck. At property number fourteen, I got stuck. <laughs> like I, I got stuck. At was it all about three. finance? Um, a lot of the time, basically, yeah. So it all revolves around finance. Like to me, property investor, everyone focuses on let's buy the you know the best property kind of thing and you want obviously want to do that but it's about learning and understanding finance like I've, I've got no degrees I never went to uni or anything like that yeah, but no. I've worked with brokers I've worked with you know people and I've really picked their brain to learn all the mm-hmm. bank policies and how I can use that to my advantage and, and learn what most people just don't have the time to learn or don't make the time to learn yeah Eddie uh, there's so much we could learn from you thank you very much uh, it's been inspirational talking to you and I appreciate you giving us so much of your valuable time thanks for you thanks for that mate my pleasure, Kevin. Thanks so much. All the Appreciate best. Yeah. How, how inspirational is that, Eddie, Deline, uh, you know, Age 28 or 29, uh, married, you'd assume, got a young family coming on. So many of his properties are positively geared. He's got 25 of them, and he just goes on and on. It's um, Yeah, it's a great inspirational story. And uh, Aidan, our producer, found that one for me. Good on you, Aidan. Well done, son. Hey, 23 minutes to 10, this is 4BC.